Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here with yet another network marketing hero call. And today, I have one of my most favorite couples. They'll have to explain that. In the network marketing profession, Jennings and Gloria Waterhouse from Sandpoint, Coeur d'Alene, Hope, Idaho, all the little small beautiful towns in northern Idaho that you can gather. That's where they call home. And they are such beautiful friends of Kimmy and I because, well, we just have, they're just great friends. And they are pro sevens, which we'll explain to you what that is, in Life Vantage, and we'll explain to you what that is if we need to. Uh, So welcome and say hi. And explain, Gloria and Jennings, how is it that you're actually a couple? (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Gloria. This is Jennings. And uh, who doesn't want to do network marketing with their mother? I mean, (laughs) I'm really lucky because my daughter and I are partners and we do this every day. And we love it more than anything we've ever done. We've been partners in many things, fine dining restaurant, boutique Airbnbs, things like that, flipping houses, but this is it for us, so. I'll I'll never forget uh, when we got really connected, the two of you applied to come to a couples retreat on Lanai that Kimmy and I conducted, and we're like, huh? and it, it said, well, we're a mother and daughter couple. Can we come to the couple's retreat? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> so, Jennings, what's it like to work with your mom in business? Oh, it's the biggest honor. And um, my mom's always been my best friend and somebody that um, if I had to pick a mentor, um, other than you, of course, Richard, uh, I would, I would want it to be somebody that you can have fun with everywhere you go that really challenges you to do your best and who knows you better than anyone else, you know? And so, um, I feel I'm an only child. So of course there are issues with that. And she's a psychologist, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, um, it's the best thing ever. And I, I just feel really lucky that I get to be part of this and part and do it with my best friend and my mom. I love that. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear lots of stories about how that works in business and life. Um, 
But let's start with what were the two of you doing? Where were you before Life Vantage? Like, give us some background. Well, um, I'm a psychologist, and Jennings is an artist, and she had a Bikram yoga studio and a variety of things. So uh, we were creative. And we always were taught that you had to have multiple streams of income to survive. So we didn't think of network marketing, but we thought of splitting ourselves in as many pieces as anybody could be split into. So we were split, painting houses, fixing things up, flipping houses, doing the restaurant, having events. And I was a psychologist for 40, almost 40 years now. So we were... Um, overwhelmed, exhausted, stressed out, maxed out, uh, and thinking that we were doing all the right things. And had you ever done network marketing before? Oh, no. No. Never even okay. considered it. All right. Yeah. And so that's perfect. So tell us the story. Who, uh, name if you want to share the name, uh, but more importantly, who introduced you in terms of like, how did you know this person? What was the relationship you had with the person that introduced you? What did they say that compelled you to take a look? Oh, that's a great story. Great question. Um, it was actually a mutual friend of both of ours named Cynthia Bissonette. And Cynthia had had a very successful career in Shackley. She would always talk to us about, oh, I had eight cars and I traveled the world with my children. And we we're like, really? In network marketing? You're kidding, Cynthia. And so at one point, she came to me with the best approach ever for me. Um, she said, Gloria, I'm thinking of getting back into network marketing again. I know you were a uh, medical school professor and did a lot of research in your past. And I'd like for you to look at the research behind these two companies, see what you think. And I said, oh, sure. I'll look at the research behind these network marketing companies because there can't very much be very much research. And so I looked at the first one and I thought, well, this is interesting. Um, but then I got to LifeVantage and I was kind of blown away. And I thought, wow, this really lines up with all the research and science that I'd been so dedicated to. And I was excited. And I thought, I want to jump on this wave somehow. But I was a little conflicted. So I became a distributor, but hid it from Jennings. And I got the distributor pack. And I took it back to our administrative office in the back of the building. And I kind of tucked it away. And uh, she didn't find it for about a week. Oh, a little long enough. And I brought out this ugly blue box. And I said, what is this? You know, what is this big box of stuff? And, and she said, oh, don't, that's nothing. <laughs> but then she said, Jennings, you have to watch this video. And I feel like this is something really important not only for your health, but I think that we need to share this with people. So watch this video and and you're gonna take this for the rest of your life and we're gonna do this. <laughs> so 
So let me get this straight, Gloria. That's your power clothes. <laughs> you're you're gonna that's do this, and this. you're you're gonna do that, and you're gonna do this, and you're gonna do it for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, I'm pretty agreeable, and usually she has great ideas. So I did watch the video, which was an amazing tool to use, and. I saw, I, I didn't really have an understanding of network marketing at all, but what I did know was I, I saw an opportunity and I kind of had that gut instinct that maybe this could be something, you know, and maybe there's just a hint of hope there that something would be different. And so I was all in because of that. And what was your attitude about network marketing? Was it Neutral, negative, did you know anything about it? Really did not know anything about it. And really kind of sticking a fork in my eye that we were so uninformed. Uh, it wasn't until several years later that we became really enlightened about the power of network marketing. So, um, yeah, I don't normally tell Jennings things like you have to do this for the rest of your life. And believe me, she doesn't normally say, okay. <laughs> but that was a pretty convincing video we watched. And uh, so I said, we've got a dilemma here. Um, we want to share this with people we know and love, but it's network marketing. We don't know anything about that. And, and we can't do that. That's not for people like us, I think she's... Not you highfalutin people up there in Sandpoint, I know. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> idiots. Yeah. And we were yeah. idiots. <laughs> well, so you got started. So tell us some story. Um, how many years do you have in now in your build? Six seven or seven? Years. seven? Seven years. All right, beautifully. And you're, uh, you got a team that's doing about almost a million five a year in sales. That's pretty darn impressive. Tell us how you did it. Like, what was year one like? Year two, year three, year four? Tell us about the first year. Did you struggle? We struggled for, I think, five years. But the first, we did a few things right, right off the get-go. And the people that were guiding us did a few things right um, in our first little bit. And one of those was that they immediately got us into action. So we did have meetings where we gathered a few key people right off the get-go. And so we immediately had um, a small, powerful little team. And they also got us to a major um, global convention within a month of when we signed up. So that really gave us a feeling of like, wow, this is actually a real thing. And there are not people with three eyes or, you know, <laughs> shark well, suits or anything like that. How many people were at the first convention you went to? On our team? No, total. Oh, probably five or 6,000 people. Yeah. So that's why that's so critically important is you get started, even if you have a little team, you know, that's like five or 10 or 20 people. And that's kind of how you see the business. But if you go to the convention, you get 
oh my gosh, this is so much bigger than me. This is global. This is real. Such a, that's such a huge critical move that your upline coached you to do. Get to the biggest event you can, the fastest you can. Yeah, it was it was key for us for sure. And we came back from that event and they were having an incentive. And we decided that we were going to go, even though we weren't going to tell anybody that it was network marketing, we were going to do the incentive. So it was something like enroll 12 distributors within six weeks or something like that. And we ended up, I think, enrolling 16 people by the end of that incentive and so I don't know even how we did you know sometimes even now you look back and you're like how did we even do that but it that just happened so pretty much easily because we had so much belief at that time yeah there's that that innocent age where you have the belief and the excitement until you get a little knowledge under your belt so that happened then, and you know our little town pretty well, Richard. We had 6,500 people, 40 miles from the British Columbia border, and so how do you really get a, a thriving team up here? But we are, we're so um, delighted by the fact that almost all of those people who started out in the beginning with us are still active seven years later. Wow, that is impressive. That's awesome. And so that's another nugget, another really, you said it early, Jennings, you're, you're the team that coached you early on, got you started and in action right away. And coming off that convention, you come back and incentive or not, it was probably timely that you had an incentive, but incentive or not, the faster you can get a team of people going, that, I mean, the difference between being here five years from now and not can really be those first 10 or 15 people you enrolled. And doing that, not over a year or two, but doing it over a couple of months, really critical that you get that kind of, get through that inertia, get that kind of momentum, get like some footing under you. The people that don't do that, that kind of, you know, they take a lot of time and they think about it and they might try to make everything perfect. And you say you can't even remember what you said to those people to enroll them. But when you're highly motivated, you and I just get stuff done. And that was kind of the secret. That's a secret sauce. Get people in action, get them to a big enough meeting, get them to engage in an incentive Two or three months later, they've got a small team. Now you've got a good chance, right? So what was the rest of year one like and year two? When did you start to struggle? When you figured out what you got in and what you had to do to succeed? No, it was that we came up against our own way of doing things, you know, as We've always, I was born an entrepreneur, I think. I've always had my own businesses. My parents have always taught me to be, you know, problem solving and strategizing and doing something fresh and new. And that, I think, is what we decided we were going to do with this. And as you know, that does not work. (laughs) 
in network marketing, it's confusing people. Um, they don't have a path to follow. They're off in the weeds, you know, you're doing a different thing every week. And it was so confusing. And everything else we'd ever done had to do with always revising it and freshening it. When we had a restaurant, we made the mistake of having this fabulous menu and wine list that changed frequently instead of having a system and a formula and things we could count on. So we did that with network marketing. And we thought, I don't know where we got this thought, but we had this misconception that we had to keep everything fresh and new to keep people coming back. So people were trying to follow us. We were encouraging them to do their own thing. Oh my gosh, it's embarrassing now. Yeah, and, that creates a lot of chaos. Yeah, and we really had no, we weren't, while we had a great start with people helping us, then we kind of were up here in Idaho on our own and we didn't really, we didn't have anybody to really follow that was, that we could see what they were doing and how, what was working and what wasn't. We were kind of just in our own little bubble and we weren't very coachable. You know, when you own your own business and other things, you have to figure stuff out yourself. You don't really go out and ask people for help. And so, so how did you, how did you solve that and who coached you? to follow a system you <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> well we did something we took a huge risk we we made a big plunge and we knew of you and we were so lucky that you know you lived in Coeur d'Alene part of the year and so we got to see you at some events and then we kind of you know, fearfully approached you and applied to go to be on a retreat, an intensive with you and Kimmy. And uh, we got accepted. And if we had not done that, we would not be in network marketing today. Really, that, that gave us the big picture. It really had a huge impact on our team, the two of us, how we relate to each other on a day-to-day basis and uh well, i didn't ask that question fishing because i don't remember what we talked about at the retreat <laughs> but <laughs> it's good that somebody coached you to don't confuse your people well you know what you taught us um you and kimmy taught us about not letting things distract us, not letting little things like our interactions together or or how other people are dealing with things, not to let us ourselves get off course with that and how to create a really beautiful culture and community. And then before that, you know, part of what we were struggling with was we're highly motivated and it's really easy to be an employer of somebody. That's a lot harder to be a a teammate and um, create something that everybody wants to be a part of and that's fun and and that is exciting and people can believe in and that's what we really took home from being with you guys was how can we create that in the small little town and how can we pull people in from all over the globe whether they're with us or not how can they feel what this is about and so how'd you do that? 
what was your plan? Well, I guess one of the things that we did is we really solidified our relationship. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I can hear Kimmy's voice in my ear because I'm always one that wants to process and break things up and figure out what's going on with people. And Kimmy said real seriously, Gloria, if you and Jennings are going to be really successful in this world, you can't do that stuff. And so we stop at the moment we realize that we're getting into editing each other, or slowing each other down. And we do the same thing with the team. One thing we did was we, up until that point, we were bringing everybody along with us and put imposing our values and our goals on everybody. We didn't want to let anybody down. And after being with you guys, I think we became far better leaders because we loved people where they were. Mm-hmm. People who wanted to come along fast. We did everything we could to help them, but we didn't, you know, we weren't following the other people with the stick. And we also, we didn't have, I think it's so important for people to see what's happening. And before we came to visit you guys, we didn't have, a, you know, even a team Facebook group. And so people were um, separated. They, they weren't seeing the action. They weren't seeing, they weren't part of anything when they weren't together in person. And so really creating an online culture where people could plug into and witness what was happening and be part of something that had a huge shift as well. And that, that remains a really strong part of our culture now is that uh, Facebook group, which unites us across the country in Canada. So can you give people some granular detail? Like how did you set that Facebook group up and what do you post in it? How do you use it to inspire your team and create culture? Sure. Well, I think one of the things that we do that's a little different and I think that's really important is that we recruit people to practice their leadership skills within the group. So we might ask a newer person, hey, can you tell us your story for the rest of the group? Or can you um, lead something on the group? Can you participate? And that gives people a sense of ownership. And they also, all of the other newer people are seeing that happening. Um, We really do a lot of celebration and recognition, which was a piece that we were missing before. You know, we weren't celebrating even the little wins. And now we celebrate like crazy um, all the changes and all, you know, all the action that people do. And so they can really see and you can also see a little bit of FOMO, right? Uh People are, they feel a little left out if they're not participating. What kind of events do you have? both online and live? Um, What we do every single Monday night is we have a meeting here uh, in Sandpoint, which we Facebook Live and Zoom to our larger extended community. And people are very faithful about watching that. It's really cool. We get everybody up in front of the room as soon as we can. The new people get up, tell their story, introduce the presenter, the presenter gets up and does a really super job of giving a similar presentation for an opportunity meeting every week. 
And um, periodically we have incentives. And we have, um, you know, like for January, we'll have a pretty um, ex inspiring, transformational kind of a lot of activity going on with different um, people leading different topics and and how we can, you know, personal growth things or, you know, um, tonight we're having visioning and goal setting with our big group here. Um, so that'll be broadcast live. So beautiful. So what do you two do around your statistics? Do you keep track of your metrics? Like how many people are joining your team each month and Got anything you can share about how important metrics and tracking is? Yeah, well, one of the major shifts that we had um, that really, so what happened was we got into kind of that management mode and we got into that confused, confusing state and we stayed at the pretty much the exact same volume for about five years. And talk about frustrating. We were like, oh, can't we do anything to get this to move? It wasn't going down, which was awesome, but it wasn't making any progress and so we kept looking at that volume and, and it almost became um like concrete you know and and so we started when we really understood how important a system was and following key principles and behaviors we started tracking those collectively at with our leadership group and we started tracking how many presentations is everybody doing how many people are we inviting um what are enrollments uh all of those things and really committing to focusing on the action and the behaviors and less about just looking at the volume right and so we celebrated uh, this person did a third party. Whoa, it resulted in a new distributor. All of those things which give people intermittent goals when it seems like it might be quite a while until the next rank. And if you're not tracking the action, you really are able to let yourself off the hook. You know, it's really easy to not be responsible to yourself of, oh gosh, I really didn't do anything that would result in volume increasing. Um, but when you're really tracking it and looking at it, it becomes fun and it's exciting. And, and then you can really tell if you're, oh gosh, wow, collectively we're a little off track. What were we doing um, you know, two months ago where we had this amazing thing happen? Let's do that again. Or, you know. I love that you're tracking the activities. You know, when, people look at their volume and they want their volume to grow. They, they tend to just look at that number and, and they think, well, I need to get everybody to order more product and I need my volume to double. So everybody order more product. And one of the fundamentals about network marketing is the way you grow more volume is get more people because, you know, somebody might do a thousand dollars a month in volume but that's kind of a unicorn. Most people are going to do like, you know, maybe 100 to $150 a month in volume, no matter what. So the way you grow your volume in network marketing is just get more people. That could be more customers, more distributors, 
So the thing you want to track is like, if you want to grow your volume, you want to track recruiting, track customer acquisition, because if that's not growing, like, if your customer acquisition or recruiting is like this, I mean, we can predict your volume six months from now. But if your customer acquisition or recruiting is like this, we can predict a volume increase. It's absolute. So then what's the thing that comes in front of customer acquisition and recruiting? Like, how do you get that? Like you said, presentations. How many presentations are people doing? Because if those aren't increasing, then recruiting is not going to increase. And there's a piece in front of the presentation, which is asking people what I call just take a look. Right? So how many people are asking people to take a look? If you increase the asks and increase the presentations, you'll absolutely increase the enrollments and you'll absolutely increase the volume. Brilliant tracking and strategy work. And so it took you a while to have that breakthrough. <laughs> Embarrassingly. <laughs> we, you know, as, as much as we were blessed with uh, seeing leaders, we really didn't get how powerful this system was. And we really obviously didn't believe in ourselves as deeply. So we've done a lot of personal growth work and we came upon a simple system. And we follow that simple system. And Which is difficult sometimes because it's boring. You know, it's not as exciting as distracting yourself with creating a new presentation or making something beautiful or social the, media. Yeah, or social media or all these flashy things that you can do, you know, just doing those steps over and over. For me, that's as an artist and a somebody who doesn't love routine, that's that's a challenge. But What's when the you system? Yeah, but when you get what to... Is, what oh. is the system? The system that we follow? Everybody we wants follow? to know now. You said you found a simple <laughs> system. Well, there are five key um, principles and behaviors that I think are universal across all network marketing, which is, and this number may vary a little bit, but we do 15 presentations a month or more. We attend all events as if they're a priority. We always do what we say we're going to do. We stay in control of our business and we promote, promote, promote till it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of that, especially the 15 presentations a month. That's pretty much a lock on growth. Because out of that, you're going to enroll four or five people. Right. And I don't know anybody in the history of network marketing that ever, in fact, in the hero series now, I think I've interviewed 112 people that have crushed the four-year career, meaning they've been at it four years or longer, and they're making over $100,000 a year. Some of them, lot, some of them, 100,000 a month, right? Because once that critical mass catches up, once you hit that tipping point then the the exponential growth just explodes and you start quadrupling sometimes every year. So, but everybody I know that has personally enrolled 80 to 100 people in a 24-month period, I'll, I'll repeat that. Everyone I know 
that has personally enrolled 80 to 100 people in a 24-month period in a legitimate company, not some, you know, fly-by-night, overnight, whatever, but a legacy company. Well, I'll say it this way. 95% of the people I've ever coached or interviewed, that's the secret formula. Personally enroll 80 to 100 people in a 24-month period. Now, what do you have to do to do that? You know, maybe a dozen to 15 presentations. So then you got to invite a fair number of people to come to a presentation. People that do the work, they become multimillionaires doing this, right? Because the, the work that you two have done over the last seven years but the grinding part of it, maybe the first four or five years, the payoff's coming right now. The payoff's coming next year. Payoff's coming two years from now. What do you two see for the next four years with you and LifeVantage? What kind of growth do you see? What are your goals? What are your vision? What's your motivation? What are you doing in the next four or five years? Well, I feel like we're just getting started, you know, even seven years in and studying a lot and going to every event and actually doing the steps. It, it feels like we're rookies, right? And um, so I feel like I'm really excited to take things just to the next level in terms of what is possible, you know, even even just being on this phone call, I've been listening to these calls for seven years, right? It's a long time. And just doing things, um, doing new things, uh, really helping a bunch of new leaders get to this level, I think, um, is what I'm really excited about. Yeah, we have uh, about six leaders that are right on the verge of coming up to Pro 7. So I think that one of the blessings of building this really strong foundation is that uh, there's going to be a wave soon. With that wave, a lot of people will advance and then it'll catapult us to the next level. Um, one thing that's different, however, is it feels like we know what we're doing. I mean, we put the pieces together, spent a long time on personal development, spent a long time on developing our community, and now we follow a system. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So those people that are up and coming to Pro 7, is that who you're bringing to United Invitational? A lot of them. Yeah. Some of, some newer people, though, too. A little bit newer. We had okay. a, a flood of people who wanted to attend. So we're, we're so excited, excited about that. About that. Yeah, well, we're going to have fun, and I think that'll set you up for a quantum leap in 2000, the rest of 2020, weld all of your up-and-comers into a beautiful team. So you you two have, I, I don't know of another uh, mother-daughter um, combination that's doing what the two of you have done, and what is so inspiring, Jennings and Gloria, is... You did this without a lot of support. You did this with a lot of grinding and 
persistence. And I think that like the number one thing that I would credit the two of you with is you didn't give up. You didn't quit. Even when it was, you know, seemed like this is a lot of work, you know, like you said, sales aren't going anywhere. What motivated you to continue to do the work when the results were not rewarding? Where did you get that inner fire? What's the story that you learned to believe in that kept you going? That's a great question. I I think we didn't have up close and personal uh, leaders that we could reach out and watch. And we saw you and Kimmy, and we've seen other leaders now up close and personal. And I have such tremendous respect for the people who are in this world. I had no idea, but these are the people I want my grandkids to grow up and be close to. These are the people who are living conscious, high quality lives with, I had no idea. Most people have no idea. When I got a glimpse of that, when we got a glimpse of that, we said, oh my gosh, this is the way we wanna live and we're gonna keep climbing and working until we're better versions of ourselves and we can reach it. Um, I'm just, I have never found a way of doing business or living that is really more enlightened than network marketing. And that is, I always want to be part of a system where you only are successful if you reach down and bring other people up. So that's for me. I, I have this um, belief in us I didn't have a lot of belief in, you know, being financially abundant or having a certain lifestyle or leadership or those sort of things. But I did have a belief in us that we could figure out whatever we needed to figure out in order to make this happen. And at some point, I knew that we were going to have some sort of breakthrough. Like, I just know that statistically, it's impossible for us not to be growing and be successful at some point. Like if we don't give up, we're eventually going to do it. Um, and we didn't feel, even though the volume was the same and even though we were frustrated, the part that was so rewarding was being with our team. You know, we're both only children. We don't have a ton of family. Having people that are on the same path as you and interested in bettering their lives and interested in being better people, having those people around you all the time, that's not a sacrifice at all. That's amazing. And that is so worth years and years and years and years of doing whatever it takes um, because most people don't have that. And so um, I am really excited about having my boys have two boys and they're six and almost nine now. And and Big Bridger, right? And having them have the kind of life that um, is a world of possibility and having the choices and that you can do whatever you want. You know, you can go and do a service trip if you want to. You can go and learn about something if you want to. You can go explore. You can 
um, walk around without having a feeling of dread and fear in your stomach all the time. I think that's, you know, the hope of having something different is worth um, leaving all that stuff behind. So. How I hear that is what carried the two of you through all the work was you had a love for what I would call some of the philosophies that are embedded in network marketing. And, you know, part of that is personal development. Part of it is freedom and abundance. Part of it is um, contribution to other people. So you just, the two of you embody those philosophies beautifully. This is a natural, perfect career. And everything you've ever done prepared you for it. I have such huge expectations for the next four or five years. I don't, is there, what's the highest pro you can go in life vantage? Is pro 10 or pro 12? 12, I think right now there are a couple of pro 11s, but nobody's reached pro 12 yet. All right. Well, that's what I got for you, pro 12. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> I mean, why not? Because, hey, what we, where we want the abundance in life to flow is in people that are great stewards of that abundance right? And you are beautiful stewards of abundance because you're going to use it to support people in creating a beautiful lives. And whatever you do personally, you two have, have shown that you're going to do it with love and you're going to do it with grace and you're going to do it with gratitude. And so those are the kind of people we need making a million or two million bucks a year, right? Yep. Can do some stuff with that. Thank you. That should make that should make you the highest paid people in Sandpoint, Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least at least in a very small group, right? All right. Well let's uh wrap this up. Um you guys got a question for me? We haven't talked much in a while. I'd like to contribute to you. You want to wrap this up? Can you off the cuff, without any preparation, throw a question at me that might put a bow on your interview? I can. What I always look to you and Kimmy, and you're always doing the next best thing. You're always taking what you're doing up a notch. And how do you go about deciding what the next step is? Well, that's it. Oh, boy, I've never been asked a question like that before. Uh, the answer that comes to mind, Jennings, is um, like I would be listening to intuition. I'd be listening to my inner voice. And what I'd be paying attention to is what what is next that would be a contribution? I tend to lean towards doing things that people haven't done before. Like I'm, I'm not real big on, all right, well, so-and-so did that, but let me do it better. I, I tend to create in the realm of what has nobody ever done before and how 
could creating that be a contribution? As you know, I have a huge vision and passion for the whole network marketing profession, for the identity of it, the reputation of it, the culture of it. I mean, it's such a beautiful, you two are such a beautiful expression of what's possible in network marketing because of the, the true philosophies that embody the business model. And yet still so many companies and so many people disgrace it with greed and desperation. And, um, and then of course our reputation in the marketplace suffers and then the media suffers and with regulators suffers and it doesn't have to be that way. So I, in the context of, what can I do to serve the reputation and identity of network marketing? And instead of perhaps having, you know, only two or three or four or five percent of the people that really want to succeed, succeed, you know, why can't 95 percent succeed? So I'm in that context, I'm listening to the voice of what could be a breakthrough? What could be unique? What could be different? And then I listen for what do I love to do? Because if I don't love to do something, you know, I just, I won't do it. So it has to resonate with my values. It has to resonate with what's fun for me, what gives me juice. And then the last thing I think about is what am I not very good at? That I, if I applied myself, I could get good at, right? Because if we're not very good at something, but it could create a breakthrough, then the question we got to ask ourselves is, okay, how could I fall in love with a process? And I'll give you an example. This is an old one for me, but, um, you know, 40 years ago when I was struggling in network marketing, the number one thing that had me struggle was prospecting people. I I was horrified at the idea of, first of all, introducing myself to somebody I didn't know, striking up a conversation with someone I didn't know. I never did that. I could have ridden a train from California to New York and never talked to anyone. That was just my nature. I was raised on a ranch. I talked to animals. I didn't talk to people. And so just even talking to strangers was horrifying. Then the idea of saying something, which is what I was taught, like, hey, do you keep your income options open? <laughs> oh my gosh, just shoot me, right? <laughs> I just, I had so much trouble connecting with people and, and, and having a conversation that might lead to showing them an income opportunity. And on top of that, I was broke. So how do I, as a broke person, tell somebody else how to make money, right? I had all the perspectives that just kept me locked in. And so like a big paradigm shift was instead of trying to recruit people, how about just be curious about people? So because I always had it that if I introduced myself to somebody, what I needed to do was tell them about me. Like I was going to be kind of on the hook to, well, you got to impress them, right? So you better have something impressive to tell them. Well, let me tell you about you. Let me tell you about me. And I was just never confident telling people about what was impressive about me, which might have been nothing, right? So, but 
when I got the insight of, wow, people don't care about me anyway. What they care about is them. So the way you connect with people is to be curious about them. And so if you're curious about people, you'll do two things. Number one, you'll ask questions instead of telling them stuff. And number two, when they answer the question, you'll actually pay attention because you're curious. And that's that like j dropped right into my wheelhouse. So now and for the many, many, many decades, uh, you know, my recruiting process is not about recruiting people. It's about being curious about people. It's connecting and asking them questions and listening and getting to know them. And wherever that goes, I'm perfectly fine with it. More often than not, it goes to friendship. More often than not, it goes to some other kind of a business relationship, not network marketing. And sometimes it goes to network marketing, and that's great. And so what I look for when I'm not good at something is I look for reframing. What could I practice that would be simple and easy that would lead to me getting good at something? Um, you know, like, okay, well, I, I'm this maybe not a great example, but, um, you know, when I first moved to Hawaii, I wasn't good at stand-up paddleboarding. And, you know, then I started doing it every day. And what I noticed, you know, what, what did I focus on? Originally, the focus is, oh, I got to get good at stand-up paddling, right? And I would see people out there and I go, oh, I, have to, I have to do that. And what I learned is, no, actually what you have to do, Richard, is you just have to get good at standing up on the board, right? Just focus <laughs> on standing up on the board, right? Get your balance, right? Focus on your balance. Like, be able to balance if the wave's coming behind you, if the wave's coming at you, if it's, you know, there's three different ways you got to learn to balance your feet. And so I really just focused on that. And wow, within, you know, two or three weeks, I could go anywhere I wanted on the paddleboard. And so look for, that's, that's how I keep my juice. And that's how I, you know, like United Invitational, nobody's ever done an event like United Invitational, a generic event. I wanted to contribute to the industry with a generic event, but I didn't want to do what other people were doing because we don't need any more of what they're doing. I wanted to do something different. and. You know, that's in my wheelhouse. I'm 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 really, really good at that. And so that's just a way. There's lots of other examples, but I think the point of my answer is uh look for the little thing that leads to the big thing and find a little thing that you can practice every day that you can get good at, and then that leads to the big thing. Love that. And T take on something you're not good at and learn to get good at it, right? Public speaking, social media, doing the presentation, listening to people, coaching people, paddleboarding, yoga. It's all mm -hmm. the same, right? Yeah, it's all the same. And then you, you then you master, then you master whatever you're up to. And when you master network marketing, oh my gosh, you. You have financial freedom for the rest of your life, and you have the ability to coach people through that same process. Gloria? 
Yes. Jennings? Yes, sir. Bridger, who's not here, who I miss dearly. <laughs> he <laughs> Say hi to him for me. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for another network marketing heroes call. You're gonna be a you're gonna be an immense inspiration to people that connect with all the unique things about you that make you special. People are gonna to listen to this, you know, early in 2020. And they're going to be listening to it five, 10 years from now. And they're going to listen to it perhaps eventually in all of the 200 countries around the world. You're going to change people's lives with your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us for another Network Marketing Heroes call. Share it with your team. You'll change some lives. Until next time, Richard Blissbrook, over and out. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.